It's said in Hollywood that you should always forgive your enemies because you never know when you'll have to work with them. Lana Turner Chapter 30 All through life, instinctually or intellectually, we adapt to survive. Even insects have some boss strategies. For example, the formation of a chitinous exoskeleton which is the somewhat see-through shell that encapsulates and protects a shrimp or a spider. I have a theory about directors who succeed in the movie industry. They have see-through shells. The shell can be the ability to tune a hundred other people out and focus on what's right in front of you. It can be a tough ego. It can be a calming chemical cocktail that allows all to think they have access to your attention while your core remains protected or it can be a producer that never leaves your side. Here I should explain that one of the main things a director does while making a movie is answer questions. Hundreds of daily questions, second guesses, dissonance, coming from all departments, all the time. What lens do you want up? Slim lapel on that jacket or wide? Can we light this so I can see what's on screen? Where's the money for that supposed to come from? What kind of sandwiches are they making in this scene? Why is the boom in the shot? If we blow up the bus, do you want predominantly flames or smoke? Oh, was that door supposed to open? Will somebody tell me what this line is supposed to mean? Did we get clearance on that? Do you want to print the last take? Heisty, are you kidding me? Can't I have real scotch in this glass? Which is why I asked Cooper to be Antoine's wingman. There are directing producing duos in Hollywood. They are rare, and at the time of this writing, they all consist of brothers, with the exception of a brother who later became, after many films, a sister. There's a reason for that, beside the gender bias, which is probably pretty obvious, but I'll spell it out. A movie is a singular vision made manifest by the work of hundreds. To share that kind of singular vision is almost impossible, unless you have an affinity that's knit together right down to your DNA. Antoine and Cooper did the best they could. Their best cleared over 500 million in its opening weekend, which is how I came to gauge success. On a personal level, it wasn't so great. I got the initial impression that Antoine and Cooper didn't care for each other, and at a certain point, neither of them would take my calls. Promising myself I wouldn't cramp their style or be perceived of as interfering, I never visited the set. What was a gal to do? Why, I suddenly found email irreplaceable. From Antoine Benton to Billy Taylor. Thanks for asking, Billy. I have a new therapist. The first one freaked me out with his Bilbo Baggins meets Martha Stewart office. It was so dark in there that his houseplant had found a crack around the window frame and was growing out looking for sun. Also, I don't want to see anyone in a home environment, even if it was an office off his garage. Give me clinical any day of the week. The new guy is also CBT, working in a glass and steel building that smells like Windex and will see me on Saturdays. I keep a daily log of my thoughts, kind of like a shot list, and Jung can kiss my archetypal ass, A.B. From Cooper Daniels to Billy Taylor. 
We're getting our shots. Anton is happy with the footage. Things are going fine. Do you think it might have been smart if you had told me what was up with Benton before I accepted this gig? Billy, I am angry. He told me it was your way of trying to take care of him, that you're a facilitator and a helper. I said you were something else, which we should probably, as you are fond of saying, discuss at a later date. At this date, however, I would take it kindly if you backed off. Cooper. I thought with time, Cooper and I would iron things out. I know now that if I had better understood how to cope with the intricacies of mental illness, I would have been able to talk about it with Cooper without betraying Antoine. Living and learning often leads to crashing and burning some of your most important relationships. Antoine needed Cooper more than I did and had confided his condition himself. From Antoine Benton to Billy Taylor. Yes, ma'am. Our leading man, Addison's eyes are red. Cooper talked to makeup to see if they would remedy it, but by afternoon he is toasted and close-ups are impossible. We are adjusting the schedule so they get the majority of his shots before lunch. Hey, whatever gets him through the day, right? Your Paxil pack and pal, A.B. There were other messages received in 2009, like this one from Jane about an inferno that lit the hills on fire above Los Angeles in August and sent a column of smoke and ash into the atmosphere that grounded flights in Denver. To Billy Taylor from Jane Dryden Dominguez. Sorry for not returning your call. Every time I talk, I get choked up. We had word last night that the fire swept down the road where Matt, my eldest brother, lives in the San Gabriels. They had evacuated his area earlier. The extent of the damage isn't known right now. That mushroom cloud above the mountains, it scares the hell out of me. We sleep with the windows closed because of the soot and the smoke. You know, the land there is stunning, covered in oak and fir trees, sparkling streams, waterfalls, bright blue above by day. And by night, the city glimmers below as far as you can see. The practical aspect of the property is that besides the house, my brother and sister-in-law have built a business there. So there's the residence in Jeopardy and also two buildings where they do precision work within specifications of a thousandth of an inch to make arms for robots, pieces of rocket ships, cooling suits for people with medical conditions, and probes that explore the bottom of the ocean. Beyond that, in the residence, there's a pile of postcards from my attorney grandfather. He wrote them to my grandmother every day from downtown LA. A camera of my father's, my mother's college notebooks, all things my parents divvied up when they moved into their condo. There's the table and chairs where the family gathers for every meal and have done for many generations, or there might be. I don't know at this point. What you lose in the fire are only objects. The legacy of the past goes on in the lives of those who escaped the fire. And right now, that appears to be everybody. I don't know what else to say. I love you. Jane. As soon as I read her email, I called again, telling Jane her whole family had a place to stay on the west side, but they stuck to the east. The fire finally went out two months later in an early rainfall. They talk about fires in terms of containment. 80% contained. 60% contained, 15% contained. 
I wonder now if that's an apt metaphor for the treatment of clinical depression, containment. At first, Antoine found his peace of mind while working. And if you're saying, wait, what? Peace on a movie set? I can only respond, exactly. He kept afloat amid a maelstrom that could have mirrored the constantly brewing storm in his head, save for his medically sanctioned mood elevators and Saturday therapist visits. 99% contained. That it raged on, riding the unwholesome waves of the internet three years after the film was completed, was entirely my fault. Possibly only 20% contained. Let me explain. Things started to go haywire at the studio when Isabel's imposter went fishing. Three years, and an unknown and undetected worm burrowed through 145 terabytes of studio data. To give you an idea of how much information that is, one terabyte of data equals 2,000 hours of audio. The contents of an online encyclopedia runs about six terabytes, and the entire printed collection of the Library of Congress has been calculated at 525 terabytes of data. 145 terabytes is a whole lot of information. You could say with that kind of information, you could paint a pretty accurate portrait of everyone at the studio, what their political leanings were, what they spent money on, what medical issues they had, what websites they visited, how dependent or independent they were of social media. The first wind of the impending data storm that slammed studio name Redacted in 2012 came one morning when I woke to find a film, not yet released, had appeared on the internet, streaming, for free. It reached hurricane proportions when the social security numbers of the studio's employees hit the web, and it turned personally catastrophic when my email, all of it, Every single message sent or received went public. I had been more than indiscreet. I had used Antoine and Cooper's real names along with a cast of thousands. I had spoken my mind, dished about all manner of Hollywood players, tossed around dates, figures, personnel information, performance assessments, and plots that were protected by confidentiality clauses and NDAs. Of course, I never was compelled to sign anything like that, but everyone I had fired in years past for security breaches had. I'm not trying to mitigate or inflate my actions, though if you think there would have been some immediate comeuppance or suitable retribution for my general malfeasance and specific misuse of Antoine and Cooper, or my disregard for company standards, or lack of apprehension of the internet, I would say you were thinking about how things work out in the movies, whereas I was making money for the studio hand over fist. I was the female figurehead, from capo to boss, of a testosterone-fueled billion-dollar industry turning out fantasies that appealed to teenage boys and reminded grown-up men of their lost youth. Yet, I had utterly failed in my moral obligations. I had screwed my friends and co-workers, having shredded their privacy. I issued apologies for revealing many of the things you have read about in the preceding pages. Against corporate resistance, I resigned my position. I was given a mind-boggling severance package, which I turned over, 
following Patsy's example and my mother's suggestion, to a philanthropic foundation. When I was offered a sweetheart deal with the studio, the assumption being I would become a well-placed independent producer, I declined. Releasing 75,000 social security numbers to the dark web and driving Antoine into Hollywood self-exile didn't seem to me like something I should be rewarded for. Internal investigations into the breach were superseded by the FBI, who determined I had succumbed to a scheme initiated by a foreign government testing the reach of their hacking arsenal. I was curious and doubtful as to how a studio hack could translate to global policy, initially. But we've all lived to see the reduction of people to algorithms as a script for disaster. Shep weighed in with this. Get busy. I mean, giving money away is admirable and all, but you want to feel better? Get out of your head and get to work. I replied, I fucked up. Big time. What work? I resigned. Not from life, sugar. Not from life. I was, as my son once said, in a quarry, when what he meant was quandary. And so I set about digging myself out. Thanks for listening. If you've enjoyed the story, please tell a friend.